0: Spend a lot of time on the OG talking about where I think NC state gets its messaging wrong. So I would like to start law the wolf this week with pointing out where NC state gets its messaging. Right. Specifically Dave Doran with his opening statement after a 24 to three loss to Duke on Saturday night over at Wallace Wade stadium. I thought he succinctly wraps up the problems for the wolf pack specifically in this game so i'm going to let him take this away and you tell me if you agree or you disagree but i actually think dave gets this right well we knew going into that game we would not win we weren't disciplined and we weren't and uh played a team that doesn't beat itself and that was step one you had to go out there and just play a clean game and we didn't do that we helped them way too much uh just completely inefficient with drop passes and penalties and um, I think over time, the defense started pressing and trying to do other people's jobs and gave up some big plays. You got to give due credit. They outplayed us, they outcoached us. It always starts with me. And our guys got to play better. You know, we got to be tougher. And there's really nothing you can say. They outplayed us and they outcoached us. It wasn't good enough. The key word to me there was discipline. We talked about this last week. When we previewed this game duke is a team that does not beat itself and when i think of good coaching and we'll get into doran and some overall thoughts on where the program is but when i think of good coaching i think of a team that doesn't commit stupid penalties i think of a team that doesn't beat itself with turnovers i think of a team that protects its quarterback i think of a team that has a good defense i think of a team that has good special teams Pretty much anybody can win with a with a bunch of talent, right? And and it's rare that you see NC State have overwhelming talent, whether it's in uh, men's basketball or football. Usually, they're going to have to find a way to beat somebody, right? And, and I think for the most part, for Dave Doran, what he's tried to do is control the game with his defense. He's tried in previous years to have a running game that can milk out the clock, that can put games away. He's also tried to have a quarterback in a, in a passing game that scores points. My favorite Dave Dolan quote is we pass the score. We run to win. So I think that is in Dave's repertoire, but this with Duke and I talked about, this is a team that doesn't beat itself. So you can't go over there even without Riley Leonard playing. You can't go over there and have a bunch of penalties. NC State in the football game penalized 11 times 87 yards. Okay, fine. Of the penalties, eight happened in the first half when I argue the game was decided. Of those eight penalties, five were procedural. Five happened before the snap. That's four too many. You you, you can't have that many mistakes of the things that you can control. Tough day for NC state's offensive line of the penalties, six were committed by the offensive line. False starts, two of them by Lyndon Cooper, false start, Anthony Belton, false start to Collins receiver. Can't beat yourself. I mean, it seems self-evident. It seems obvious enough, but these are the kind of things where I, we've talked before about year 11. These are the kind of things that in year 11 you can't have happen. The, if you are a program, I get there is turnover and I get there is a lull. And, and we've explained in previous episodes what had happened with the, this recruiting cycle. Those are all things that I've tried to point out in defense of what Dave Doran has done and what NC State's done this season. However, you can't defend these penalties. You can't defend where the team is right now. And that's the real problem here. And part of it, at you know, you're seven games into the season, you can't be com- committing week one p- problems in week seven. And you also look at NC State's other ACC loss; they've lost two ACC games this year. They've been penalized. They were penalized ten times in the Louisville game. So, in your two league losses, you've been penalized twenty-one times. You can't do that. You can't do that and expect to win a football game, especially when you are not more talented than the other other team, right? It's one thing that, like, hey, man, you're the Miami Dolphins right now. You have a bunch of speed on offense, and your skill players are just that much better than everybody else. You can get around the mistakes. Florida State and Miami were this way for, for years in the 80s and 90s when they were running hot. They routinely led the nation in penalties, but it didn't matter because they were that much more talented than everybody else that they played. That's not the situation that NC State's in. NC State's in the situation where they have to play smarter. And uh, kudos to Dave for the messaging there in the first 30 seconds. The drops, I think the drops are part of the problem with drops. Part is your players aren't that talented. Okay, that's part of the problem. Uh, The other problem with drops is you can't keep playing the same people Keon Lassane and and Porter Rooks and some of the other substitution packages and thinking that everyone in the receiver room or everyone in the running backs is the same it, it it's time it's way past time to shorten that rotation so that's going to get me into play calling and listen I'm 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 not going to go play through play by play here and and do the whole game all right obviously I'm not going to do that for you But i just want to show you one play this is the first offensive play of the game for nc state and i just i want it to make more sense than i know where it's not going to make sense there's a penalty on the there's a, a turnover on the previous play and it this is the condensed version from the acc network and and it doesn't pick up the commentary in full but after the interception, it's now first down in plus territory from the other team's 39. If there are 100 coaches, and if we took a cross-section of high school, college, and professional coaches in this situation, the very first play would be a shot to the end zone. The very first play. situation, Time and situation. I'm, I'm sure this was scripted. It's the first play of the game. I understand that. But after a turnover, and now you're in plus territory against a team who's playing with its backup quarterback and and who just made a mistake because of your defense. The the pressure from Tony Gibson's defense is what created the turnover. All right. So understanding of the situation, this should be a shot. And if it's not a shot, then it should be to Keon. It should be to Kevin Concepcion. One of the two. <laughs> particularly after the way that Concepcion had played against Marshall. Cause remember, you know, you're building from one game to the next. And I remember a conversation with Dave Dorn. I believe it was after his second season. And we had talked about year one. We had talked about year two and he had talked about why there were, I can remember we were talking about Brian Underwood. We were talking about Shadrach Thornton. And I can remember he said, well, this was while he was building the program, and I, I'm sure it. I'm sure it still applies. Like if, if you're a coach, you have a philosophy you live by. It. Uh, but he had said to me, "Listen, when guys perform in practice, I have to reward them. Um, so the reason I don't play Brian Underwood, the reason you don't, I don't see Shadrick Thornton out there as much as I wanted to, is because I'm trying to reward the players in this program as I try to build this program." For what they do on the practice field, you know, hey, are, are they on time? Are they in the weight room? Are they doing all the things that we're asking of them at, at the highest possible level in practice? And to a certain extent, I understand that. And and I'm sure, if I were to ask Dave this year, like, hey, man, um, who's one of your hardest workers? or Who has been? Who's been a great leader? I bet you in the receiver room, the answer is Keon Lassane. That he they works great in the practice room, and he's you know he puts in the effort. Obviously, in the off season, he came in and looked a lot. Bigger, stronger, faster, all those things. But at some point, what the players do on the field has to dictate the playing time. And first example of this will be this is now the first play of the game. Not only is it not a shot, it's a play to Keon Lassane. So let's see what happens. Going to hand it on the sweep. This is Keon Lassane and great run pursuit. That was Jalen Stinson. So that's a play to nowhere on the first play of the game when it really should be a shot. Finally, by the way, on third down, they take a shot. It's to on the same and the ball goes off of his hands. I won't go as far as to call it a drop um, because it was, it was, it was more a difficult play on the run. So there's some different things going on there. It, it was a catchable ball. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like, Hey, I'm wide open. Hits me in the hands. and And then I dropped it. So, the personnel for if you're if, number one, you can't beat yourself. Number two, the personnel, I, I just don't get Concepcion in this game, by the way, did have 10 targets and he did have four running plays. Again, I like the fact that Robert and I have said, Hey, our running backs aren't great. How can I get Concepcion more involved? 14 touches, that's pretty good. I just wonder how Lasane ends up with seven of those touches. So Things you you have to work on. Uh the penalties on the offensive line, six of the penalties are on the offensive line. That can't be a thing. Uh that you just can't have that happen. Tough, tough game for Cooper, who had two of those two he actually had three of the penalties. There's a tripping penalty in addition to two of the false starts. NC State now, by the way, ninety-sixth in division one in penalties. That not a formula. Not the right formula anyway to win football games I want to get into a lot of what we've talked about on the OG about Dave Doran and I'm not going to rehash all of those points and we've made some comparisons to Herb Sendek, who's the basketball coach here from 97 through 07 uh, there are some similarities there there's, there's some there's some primary differences there and laid all of that out on the primary OG, but I just want to get into a couple of different things about what's next for this team specifically and what we could possibly see for the Wolfpack over the fo- the final five games of the year. We're going to do that right after, you know, I, I have to pay some of the bills here on the OG. And, and first of all, shouts to Ryan Malley and his crew over at Wings Over, Wings over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. Right there at NC State across from University Towers on Hillsborough Street. Ryan's got free parking. It's in the back. Easy peasy. Order online. Wingsover.com. Go pick up your food. Get your wings. He's open for lunch now, too. Open up at 11 for lunch. So seriously, go check him out. Put you guys on that steak and cheese. Put you on the best pizza in Raleigh. You know all of my food spots. And you know I won't let you down when it comes to food. The wings are totally and completely legit Uh, wings over Raleigh. It's wingsover.com. big shouts to Ryan. We are having OG tailgate at a hurricanes game on November 7th. It's a Tuesday night excited for that giveaway. It will be a tailgate before uh, the canes take on the sabers. So it'll be our wings are better than your wings. That's how confident I am that if you just try wings over, you will enjoy them immensely. But all of our coverage this year on the OG, all of our, all of our college football coverage this year on the OG is brought to you by Wings Over. Time on the podcast where I try to help you with all of your home buying or selling experiences. Let's start with RTP Mortgage, it's Josh Goodson, rtpmortgage.com. Give him a call, 252-361-1415. It's a difficult market right now, okay? Mortgage, loans, all those things. But that doesn't mean you might not be in a situation where you got to look at your number one asset and say, hey, is there a way out? Is there a way for a cash out refi? Is there a way for me to get a loan now? And then, you know, when the rates do come down, go back to Josh and say, hey, Let's rework this, of course, but you have to know your options. So the best thing to do is to reach out to Josh. It's rtpmortgage.com. Give him a call, that's his actual phone number. Josh and I are friends, yes. That's his number, 252-361-1415. Give him a call, figure out what you can afford, figure out what's the best way to take care of your number one asset. That number again is 252-361-1415. Big thanks to Josh and RTP Mortgage for taking care of us here on the og and law of the wolf now if you're looking to buy a home or you're looking to sell a home our friends at htr hometown realty they have you covered first of all if you go to their website it doesn't get any easier there's a toggle right in the middle of the page that shows you hey i'm interested in buying i'm interested in selling did you know that of their business 65 percent is new construction I did not know that. The HTR family, their brokers are professional and experienced. They understand the triangle to the coast. Go check them out. It's myhtr.com. That's hometown realty. myhtr.com. They are your roadmap to a better home buying or home selling experience. myhtr.com. Once you close, of course, you're going to need some help close on the legal front and that's where josh whitaker joe hamer come into play heck maybe you're like me maybe you got a a traffic ticket for an illegal passing in downtown raleigh recently and you needed some legal representation whitaker and hamer are there for you go to wh.lawyer it truly is the world's greatest url if they can help me with my traffic nonsense if they can help they can help you with any of your legal needs. So go check them out. It's wh.lawyer. Now let's talk a little bit about what's in front of NC State. They have their open date um, this week. So they're off. That is a good thing. It's always a good thing to get some time off It's always a good thing to kind of reset. It's always a good thing to reevaluate. Look at what you've done wrong this season. There's multiple things there. It's not all bad though for NC state, but they have four wins, which means they need to win two of their final five games. Let me pull up their schedule here. Now Uh, four and three on the season, one and two in the league, and they have Clemson and Miami at home. When they get back, and then they'll go to wake and Virginia tech. They're one and nine at wake since 2001 Virginia tech. They have not won there since the Hokies have joined the ACC, but they believe they've only played there twice. So that's not exactly prohibitive right now. And then they play Carolina in the finale, which is the Saturday actually after Thanksgiving in Raleigh here. So five games left, three of them at home, two of them on the road. Uh, the longest trip they make is to Blacksburg. So travel is not exactly a, a big wear and tear issue. Getting the week off, I do think, will help the Wolfpack and, and certainly will help them look at some tape and fix the penalties. Man, fix the penalties and give, give yourself a chance to win some football games without just, you know, shooting yourself in the foot multiple times per game. But Here's the thing about what NC State has left. And here's where I want to talk about the conversation of, of where they are. Because what State is doing this year in Dave Doran's 11th year is not in a vacuum. It's never in a vacuum. And I think that's part of what some people have been struggling with this season. And that is the success of Duke, the success of Carolina. So let's start with Duke. At the end of the Cutcliffe, at end of David Cutcliffe's tenure, they had lost 13 straight ACC games. They were one in 17 at the end of his tenure in league games. I mean, the struggle was was real. And Mike Elko came in, had worked with Dave Clawson uh, both at Bowling Green and Wake Forest, then had left Clawson, worked at Notre Dame, worked at Texas A&M as a defensive coordinator. So it's rare in today's age that defensive coordinators get a shot. Uh, and then it's rare, even rare when a guy comes in and doesn't, I mean, they, they, they get players out of the portal uh, and check out our, our conversation that we had with Mike Elko and the, the OG mixtape there. He said, just because we're not really loud about it doesn't mean we don't get players. They got three guys on defense in particular in their secondary that are helping them. So it's not like they didn't go into the portal, but for the most part, I think what you saw Mike Elko do was, was go to Duke, step into a situation and put himself in, in really where he's coaching people up a lack of a better term and this is a team again with their backup quarterback that beats nc state 24 to 3 and it's leaving it has left a lot of nc state fans wondering what in the world is going on that duke can win nine games last year and now put themselves in a position in the top 25 and beat nc state that in year two they're running hot under mike elko i think at a certain point you have to square that what other teams do, sometimes you have to acknowledge it for the merits. And and it's just because Mike Elko is a good coach doesn't mean Dave Dorn's a bad coach. I think we should probably start from that premise. The success that Elko's had in his first year, it is remarkable. And what they've done here in the second year, the home loss, they beat Clemson in the opener, which is something that Dave Dorn's only done once. And the way that Duke played in that game was fairly remarkable with the emotion and the defensive intensity. We, we've seen that from NC State against Clemson, actually. Uh, it was just in a loss in 2016. So, I, look, I, I think it's fair to say you tip your hat to Mike Elko on what they've done, but that doesn't take away from what Dave has done or, or contribute, if you want, on this negative side to what Dave is doing. But the truth of the matter is, there's no such thing as just evaluating NC State for NC State and that's where dave is suffering right now because duke's having the success that they're having people look at nc state and they go "Well, here's this guy in year 11. we've talked about this and i'll put a link in here to the previous episode about some of the recruiting issues and some of the coaching turnover that led to the roster being in the situation that it's in right now that doesn't excuse the problems that nc state are having this it doesn't wipe it away But I also think you have to look at where Dave is and what he's done and say, okay, let's give him credit in 17 and then 21. Did not win. Didn't get to the 10 win plateau. Didn't win the ACC. I understand that. But he did demonstrate that he is capable of building a contender. And he demonstrated it by recruiting good players. And not all, most of them were not highly rated recruits. So that takes some developmental skill, takes some talent to identify the players, and it takes a little bit of time for those players to mature. Which leads me to Carolina. When you look at Carolina right now, and their six and O start first time since nineteen ninety seven, I think Carolina has struggled the previous two years, in particular on defense, because they were young, and now their their four and five star players have gotten older. The one thing the pandemic did was give us old college football players. we got two more years of that where you're going to see 24 and 25-year-old guys like you're seeing right now with Peyton Wilson who are just dominant in college football. So you have to go through this cycle, these dips. And I understand you, you don't want the dip to be a four-win team. You don't want the dip to be a team that wins one game in the league. You don't want the dip to be coinciding with with Duke being in the top 20 and Carolina being in the top 10 and Carolina being in a position to win the ACC for the first time since 1980. And I think Dave's success against Carolina has been the biggest differentiation between his tenure now in year 11 and Sendex' 10-year run in men's basketball from 97-07. to Herb could not beat Carolina. And that's why a lot of fans had turned on him. Uh, but there was a consistency to Herb. He made the NCAA tournament his final five years. If you look at Dave now, he's made a bowl in eight of his 10 seasons. There's a certain consistency there. He's won, you know, seven, eight or nine games. in, in of those eight seasons that he's hit those marks, that's all a good thing. He's been finished the season twice in the top 25. These are all things that historically, and he's done at a better rate than his, NC State's historic precedent. So there's something to that. And when I say I see a path forward for him, it includes MJ Morris, it includes Kevin Concepcion, it includes this recruiting class coming up next year. That takes time. Because you're going to have these same conversations for the next two years without some sort of major portal additions, which I think it is fair to criticize Dave Doran for how they've handled the portal the last two years. I do. The Brennan Armstrong going to get Brennan Armstrong instead of helping MJ Morris, we can now see was a mistake. I I didn't argue with the premise of it because I like the idea of Robert and I, their new play caller being reunited with Armstrong, his quarterback from Virginia. I didn't think that was a bad idea. I, I still don't think it was a bad idea, but if now here you are in week six right they switched away from armstrong back to morris of course you're going to sit here and go those would have the money spent nil on armstrong would have been better spent on getting two or three receivers instead of paying him you know 200 300 dollars to come play quarterback this season so uh, those are the fair criticisms i think of dave i had one person point out to me it's starting to feel like chuck amato's final season in those six and that is fair in this sense that team in 06 for Chuck, they lost their final seven games, but one thing Chuck rarely did was lose big. All of his teams usually fought. They had a good defense. This team has a good defense. They were in close games. The offense wasn't very good. It's kind of looking like that right now for NC state. I I, honestly, if Dave loses out, which Chuck's team did with those, those final seven games, I don't think, I do not expect Dave Doran, even if they do not win another football game the rest of the year, to lose his job. I just don't. And the big difference there was Chuck had no allies when he needed them in 06 because he had burned through assistance. You know, the big thing, he needed, uh, you know, Norm Chow first year. And then there was a revolving door. He was always going back, always asking for more money. Uh, the stadium project was going on and obviously people were given a lot to that. And by 06, he was just out of friends, basically, who could have helped him. And then Lee Fowler is left after they finish with three wins after losing their final seven games with no choice because they lost to Carolina and ECU in the last two games. I think that's where you'll see a difference this time around. Now, I do not suggest to Dave Doran <laughs> That he should go out and lose these final five games. But I do know in Boo Corrigan and in Randy Woodson and the Board of Trustees, he has more allies than, than Chuck did in a similar situation in 06. So I think when I have conversations on the Law of the Wolf or I have the conversations on the OG with Joe Ovius, I think it's important, or any conversations that we have on the Twitter, I think it's important to, to square that. That Dave's here, and Joe and I disagree on what Herb, Sec- Herb Sendak could have done at the end of his tenure, but I think Dave's here as long as it's his choice. Now, I can't predict what Dave wants to do. I can't predict if this thing does go completely sideways that he might not just say, I- I've made a-, a good chunk of money. Maybe I take a year off. Maybe I go coach somewhere else. I, I don't think that's likely, though. Um, I do think these final five games. I actually expect them to play really well against Clemson. And I know some people are like, Joe, he's only beaten Clemson once fair, totally fair. I don't think Clemson's great shakes. I don't. And I know they're playing better than what we saw them against Duke. And I know Dabo Sweeney's still out there going, you know, we're we're only two or three plays away from, from being undefeated. Sure, man, that's cool. Um, But this is not a Clemson team with, with superior talent. This is not a Clemson team with a generational quarterback. Kate club is fine, but he, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. So I, this is a very, believe it or not of the five games that are left. This is the one that I would expect NC state to have the best chance to win. If you beat Clemson at home after a week off, guess what? We're not having any of these conversations. We're not, we're not. So I also know, and Dave has said this before. Because it was after, in 2018, when they lost at home, the Jamie Newman game, they lost to Wake Forest, crushing, debilitating loss. The next week, they go to Louisville, just wipe the floor with Louisville. And I remember asking him, like, why do you guys respond the way that you do and struggle with success the way that you do? And he goes, I don't know. He said, I just know that when we have a chip on our shoulder, we, are, we play so much better when we're out to prove people wrong. The good news, the only good news after a 24-3 to loss to Duke is now people are doubting you. Now you have the chip on your shoulder. And after a week off, I expect NC State to come out flying against Clemson. I don't know if they're going to win the football game. Please don't get me wrong. But this is the game, if you were to make me pick right now of the five that they have left, if they are going to win one of those games, this is the one I would say to you, I believe that they will win this is the one they have the best chance to win. So we'll see. we we'll another week to get to that. But before we get out of here, let's pay just a few more bills here because I like eating. I like having the lights on at the Julio home. Appreciate everyone out there for supporting us. No game this week, but maybe you're hanging out at home. Maybe you need a couple beers. Maybe you need some Gatorades. Maybe you need some snacks. Maybe you need some really good coffee. Breeze through. Is there for you, carry pool road, Trinity, you name it. They're all over the place. Wherever you're headed, Brewster has you taken care of, headed up to the arena, headed out to the stadium. They've got you covered for all of your tailgate needs. Do you want me to change? No, I can't change because Hayes Lancaster is the OG OG. Speaking of keeping the lights on, that's my guy. He supports me. I hope you support him. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, go to Bugsbite.com, punch in your zip code. You're going to see all kinds of great deals there. Good stuff. Take care of all the critters inside the house, outside the house. I have the moisture barrier under the house. It is a game changer. So do me a favor. Sport Hayes. He's the OG OG. Go to Bugsbite.com. And if you'd like to have the best swag, if you'd like to go to the games in style head over to homefield apparel. it's homefieldapparel.com use that code og23 you'll get 15% off of your first purchase they've got hoodies they've got t-shirts they've got jackets they've got hats they got sweatpants they've got quarter zips you name it they have it check them out homefield apparel homefieldapparel.com or you can download the app that's how i do it again off that first purchase use the code og23 and you'll get 15% off, and you'll be swagged out and ready for basketball season. All right, that's going to do it for us this week here on Law of the Wolf. Appreciate everyone who's already given us five stars on Apple, Spotify, the Google, you name it rate, follow, subscribe, do all those great things. And if you haven't done so already on the YouTube page, hit that subscribe button. Also, leave your comments. Appreciate them. We'll read some of them next week right here on Law of the Wolf. Enjoy your week off. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.